0: Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast, hosted by Shalinda Kirby, a cervical cancer survivor, and Natalie Supez, a Crohn's warrior since 2007. Our goal is to give you proof that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. You can also follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited for today's topic because it's a topic that's really close to home to Shalinda and I, and that is fitness and health and how both of those relate to chronic illness fitness to me has been a real journey throughout my life. And now that we're spending a lot of time on social media and there's a lot of people posting home workouts and kind of just putting this pressure on to be fit, I think even more than back, back before everything happened, um, is it's kind of made me think about health and fitness and how there's a really thin line of of being fit for yourself um and for health and literally for the health, which is my business name if you guys don't know.
0: <laughs> yes. And
1: crossing the line to being obsessive and it almost becoming a disorder, which both Shalinda and I have dealt with.
0: Yeah. And and so I guess to dive into it, do you do you care to hear my experience first or do you want to go first, Natalie? No, let's hear yours. Okay. So for me, um my fitness journey was always a struggle. Like my it was a love-hate relationship from day 1 with my body as I grew up. I was always like a chubbier kind of kid and so I always knew I wanted to look like my friends that were wearing like the low-cut jeans and you know they just they had good they had great bodies. And so when I hit college, that's when I really started to like yo-yo with dieting and exercise and it was just like I would go really well for a couple of months and then I would fall off the bandwagon and finally um, when I really started to get into fitness was when I um, went through a breakup and then I met my then ex-husband or I guess husband at the time (laughs) Um, He's my ex-husband now. But um, when I first met him, he was also very into fitness as well. And at that point in my life, I knew that I really wanted to make a change, not only for just like my outer appearance, but generally my health. Right. Because, I mean, I knew that. Running for me was not a possibility. I just was out of shape. And I knew that my eating habits weren't the greatest because at that time in my life, I had just made the decision to become a vegetarian. And um, I wasn't eating like I should be and getting enough protein and all the vitamins that I needed and were lacking because of not eating meet. So uh, that's when I started to go to like group fitness classes and surround myself with other people that were also kind of in that, you know, uh, group like the fitness world. And then like I said, when I met my um, husband at the time, he was uh, a bodybuilder and spent like hours in the gym and and obviously you know when you first date somebody you're you're heavily influenced in each other's you know uh, activities and hobbies right and mm-hmm. you want to spend time together so for us it was in the gym and I really wanted to uh, get his attention so that was something that I put a lot of uh I guess attention into was going to the gym and eventually I decided that I wanted to work with a trainer and so I got a hold of an online trainer and it's through the bodybuilding world and I think that That was my biggest mistake was uh, I never wanted to compete, right? Like I never, I knew I never would have the body to go on stage in the bodybuilding world. If you, you know, aren't a part of that, it's, it's those photos you see of the girls and they have like the really sparkly bikinis and they're on stage posing and stuff like that. And I mean, good for those. That's very disciplined, uh, prep that goes into that world but I knew that I wanted to gain muscle and just feel stronger and look kind of ripped at that point in time. And yeah. so this online trainer of mine came up with a meal plan, and that's when I first was introduced into counting macronutrients and the numbers system of, you know, okay, this this is a carb, this is a fat, this is a protein, um, you know, how many... Macronutri- How many grams of protein do I need per day? Um, you know, I had to watch my fiber intake, my sugar. All of that was just like throwing at me when I signed up with this online coach. And mm-hmm. I'm not very good at math to begin with. Like I use my fingers <laughs> <laughs> to count and stuff. So um, for me to learn that was just a lot to begin with. And so once I got the hang of it, it became a bit of an obsession because now every Sunday I would sit there at my kitchen table and count out all of my macronutrients, plan every single meal for the entire week. I'd go to the grocery store, do an insanely huge haul. I would come back. I would cook everything up. I would uh, meal prep for the entire week. Everything I was going to consume in my body was in a Tupperware container. And Mm -hmm. um, on top of that... Uh, I noticed that I was, I, with that disciplined system, was losing quite a bit of weight and was starting to see a lot of muscle. And my trainer said to me, well, if you really want to, you know, kick it up a notch and you want to see some more definition now that you, you've you gotten into macronutrients nu- um, and uh, counting them, there are other ways to do that. And let's just say it wasn't exactly the legal route. Um mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that a lot of people feel the pressure to use things like steroids and, um, you know, different types of workout supplements, you know, like uh, pre-workouts and stuff like that to really get your body in the high burning fat, like your heart is pumping. Yeah. And so some of the things that I was taking weren't necessarily, well, no, they weren't healthy at all. Like, at all. Like, yeah. Honestly, I'm shocked I didn't end up having a heart attack with the amount of working out I was doing and also the things that I was consuming at the time. Needless to say, man, I will never forget the obsession I had with that scale, with the numbers in my journal, with the macro totals and with the time spent in the gym, like to the point where if I didn't do exactly 30 minutes of cardio on the treadmill, not not 28 minutes, not 29, 30 minutes, I would beat myself up about it. Like it was so obsessive. That's exactly the line I'm talking about, right? Where at
1: the beginning you got into this for your health, you you just became a vegetarian. So you you knew you had like some improvement to do. And I'm sure the first you know few weeks, months, whatever, when you were getting into macros and you were seeing those results, your body needed that. And then,
0: you know, that yeah. there's that. It yeah. Just, it's such a thin line and it it's so easy to cross. Well, and then the the more you get into that world, the more you're surrounding yourself with people that are in that same mindset, the obsessiveness of, of fitness. Mm-hmm. And then that's your world, you know? You, you literally can't hang around. Like, I remember feeling so bad being around my friends when, um, they would be like talking about their weekend and they would say things like, oh yeah, you know, my boyfriend and I are going to get a pizza and we're going to watch Netflix. And I thought, Pfft, I'm going to eat rice cakes and peanut butter and then I'm going to probably go to the gym and work out for the second time in that day. And like yeah. I just naturally felt myself changing and I hated the person I was becoming. I, I was judgmental. I am not a judgmental person at all. Like but because I was surrounding myself with those types of people, it was just nothing. It was just wearing off on me. And um, yeah. I would feel bad for like um, to the point where my coworker would say, hey, did you want a carrot? Like they would be snacking on a carrot. And because that carrot, which is a freaking carrot, wasn't in my my <laughs> meal plan for that day, like a mini carrot, I wouldn't eat it yeah. like that's how crazy it got for me. And the it got worse, you know, because I had developed a relationship with somebody who was also in that same mindset And there, there came a day where I just, I I was, I knew I was obsessed because it was the day of my wedding. (laughs) I'll never forget it. I stood on that on that uh, scale in my bathroom the day of my wedding, and it was the lowest number I've ever seen in my entire life. And you know what? I didn't care that I was getting married that day. I didn't care that I was about to put on this beautiful dress and see my friends and family. I was freaking pumped. Because of the this the number on that scale, that number determined everything for me, and mm-hmm. I realized that that I can't. That, how? What, what kind of life is that? I a hundred percent
1: agree. As literally, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a holistic health coach. Like this is it's so it's it's honestly hard for me to even put into words. But you're explaining it so well because um, our stories match very closely. Mm-hmm. I the first time I got a personal trainer was probably grade 11, grade 10. I was paying, I was working in a hair salon and I was paying for it myself. It was thousands of dollars and she was a bodybuilder and she was, you know, working me like crazy. It was too much. I ended up stopping. Then I got back into the fitness world. Um, you know, when I was in, in probably my worst flare and it, I got back into the fitness world because I knew health needed to be a priority. And so I started caring about what I was eating. And I started eating clean. And then I started losing a bunch of weight. So I was probably, let's say, 190. And I started, you know, going to kickboxing and eating healthy and making clean meals. And this is where I hadn't crossed the line yet. And I was feeling better and I was getting more energy. And And then I started going to kickboxing more often. Instead of three times a week, I would go five times a week and then we ended up moving provinces. We moved to Alberta and then we started CrossFit. And that's when I got introduced to pre-workout. And then I, I went from, you know, quote unquote, clean eating to never eating anything that wasn't like a whole food. And so I would do everything you said. I would go to the store and I would prep. I wasn't counting macros just yet, but I was obsessive. I was on Instagram. This was around 2011 when I first started my Instagram. And I was dropping the weight so quickly. And I think that's really where that line starts to get crossed because everyone starts to compliment you, right? Like you're looking amazing. You're looking fantastic. And then you're like, oh, and you step on the scale every morning. And I so clearly remember like to my husband being like, guess what number I am today? Guess what number I am today? Like, And, and it kept getting lower and lower because I was eating only whole foods. And I was really sick with my Crohn's. So I was eating these whole foods. I wasn't getting very many calories to begin with. And then I was throwing up every day or or whatever. So I got down to, I think, 118 uh, pounds and I am 5'7". So I was skin and bones. Wow. I went from 190 to 118 And when we moved back to Winnipeg uh, is when things kind of just got heightened. I really got into the fitness YouTube community. I got into fitness on, on Instagram again. I started going to the gym every single day, weightlifting. Then I started counting macros. And I would say at this point, it wasn't that bad. Like I think it was actually helping maybe a little bit in the sense that if i wasn't doing that i probably would have just been like depressed with my crohns and sitting on the couch so it was getting me moving and active and it wasn't until like i would say my peak of whatever disorder i don't want to self diagnose but the peak would be when i went on humira and i gained the 60 pounds in in whatever a couple months I then hired another trainer. And again, it was someone from the bodybuilding community online. And she put me down to 800 calories, which literally makes me want to cry as a coach myself. Now, oh, man, how can uh, you even function on a daily count of that? And two workouts a day, one lifting and one hour of cardio. And I was gaining weight. I was sticking to the macro, I wouldn't eat anymore. And I was going to the gym for an hour, an hour and a half lifting and an hour in the morning doing cardio. And I continued to gain weight because our body, especially with a chronic illness functions with stress and I mean, stress is so correlated to chronic illness and doing what I was doing was just adding stress, messing up my hormones. And I was on a drug that was going to cause me to gain weight anyways. And so I became so obsessed. And if like, if I missed, like you said, a minute of cardio, I would beat myself up. If I ate an extra hundred calories, I would beat myself up. It consumed me and I would sit in the car. And I I probably weighed 170 at this point. So I had gained quite a bit of weight, but I, my normal weight was 150 throughout the years. After 118, I kind of went up to 150 with working out, and that was healthy for me. And then when all of this happened with Humera, I went up to 170, 180. And so this was kind of at the beginning there. So I guess I gained 30 pounds. Um and I would sit in the car just bawling before going into the gym because of how disgusting I looked. And That obviously was my thought, right? Like how gross I looked, how unfit I was. And I was so strong. Like I was so strong. And I look back at pictures now and I, like, I don't know what... You know, it, I just looked in the mirror and I saw something completely different, but I was devastated. I would have panic attacks after the gym if my husband told me I looked beautiful because I would think he was lying. I would cry in the sauna and I would sit in the sauna for like an hour after every gym session. And this all actually led me to becoming a coach because I had hired, I think, probably three or four coaches throughout that time period that I was kind of going through this weight gain and not being able to control it. And I had hired a couple IBD coaches and they just kept lowering my macros too. And I was like, what is happening? Like, so I became a personal trainer. I I went to school for holistic health coaching. And now it's something that honestly breaks my heart when I see people crossing that line on social media. Cause it's not like you're going to be like, Hey, um, you've crossed that line. You're not doing this for your health anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should. Like, you can't say that um, unless I'm their coach, which of course I would, I would, we wouldn't get there in the first place, but it's a conversation
0: that honestly, I've never heard anyone talk about. Well, because it's, I think for a lot of people, it's uncomfortable to talk. I know for a long time, for a long time, it like really was hard for me to talk about because... Um, I was embarrassed when I gained Mm -hmm. all my way back and I was embarrassed because I felt like such a failure like I went from for me the breakaway from that lifestyle by the way was when I moved to Winnipeg so uh, when I made the decision to take the job in Winnipeg and leave Alberta um, another (laughs) another thing that you and I have in common Natalie is we've we've both done a stint in Alberta. (laughs) <laughs> Although I'm from there, but um yeah, so when I moved to Winnipeg, my lifestyle completely changed because I moved to a city where I didn't know anybody. Uh, I was staying with a friend on their futon. I didn't have access to a gym membership. like I didn't know anybody here. so I just right. felt at that point in time it was my opportunity to kind of reevaluate my life and I could really tell that my marriage wasn't on the greatest terms and eventually that you know that would prove itself correct because we ended up separating and divorcing and that was my opportunity to kind of just find who I am, you know, what my identity was outside of a relationship with somebody who was so passionate about the fitness community. Mm -hmm. And like, it was honestly, I I went from, it was like being an alcoholic to like just not drinking at all. That's basically the example for me. Uh, with with fitness, so when I moved to Winnipeg, I just didn't I didn't go to the gym at all, and um and then I started to like notice that I was just an overall happier person, mm-hmm. and um I started to like eat different foods that I had denied myself from for years, and oh my gosh, it was so wonderful, and of course I gained weight, um and then came the cancer thing, and then that for sure solidified. Everything that I ever looked at in terms of my body completely differently now because I no longer beat myself up for the way that I look. I I truly love my body because um, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't giving us life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the struggle leaving that lifestyle, though, follows you for, for, well, to this day, I can still say I struggle.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so many things just came up in my head while you were saying the end part of your story, because I I am still a coach. and, And with my clients, I do put them on a pretty strict meal plan for the first few months. Like we go, we count macros and, and I use That meal plan as a tool, as a medical tool to lower inflammation, to change their eating habits, and then transition into intuitive eating, which if you don't know what that means, essentially eating, listening to the cues that your body's giving you and eating towards that. When you know what the difference between um, processed unhealthy, quote unquote, food and how that's going to make your body feel feel that's the thing right not look how it's going to make your body feel Mm -hmm. and whole foods and then finding a balance between allowing yourself whatever you want but not going into one or the other direction that's like I still do that and then I also just like you said I still struggle so much with my own like I don't think there's any name for like (laughs) over and over fitness disorder or whatever but like I I'll find myself thinking like I should start counting macros. I should go start going to the gym every day again. And and like getting back into this, like I'm not good enough because I
0: don't, I'm not at my lowest. And it's like, it's such a mind. F- <laughs> Yeah. Cool. And then you'll see like pictures like you mentioned earlier, yeah. like you'll see that throwback Thursday photo on your memories. Thanks to Facebook. Mm. <laughs> and you'll notice like, holy crap, I was so tiny. And you'll yeah. say that and then you'll have to remind yourself uh, that that didn't like at the same time, I'm looking at a photo of myself in in a fitness, you know, at my height of my fitness. I was not happy. And, and i am am I happy today? Oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm a completely different person than I was in that fitness mindset. I was trying yeah. to find happiness. And even at my smallest, I still thought that I was still big.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I took that away from the equation. I thought to myself... I'm never going to win this battle with my body if I constantly spend my entire life beating Mm -hmm. myself up about the way that I look, the size that I wear, uh, you know, what people think about me. Because that was a concern, too, is, you know, being a public Mm -hmm. figure in the industry that I'm in you know, to go from one size and then gain all my weight back. Does that make me look like a failure? Like what do my listeners think and stuff? And ultimately it's turned me into be kind of a badass because I really just don't give a shit what people think about me anymore. <laughs> I Exactly the same thing. Like I'm like, at
1: one point I was working in a gym and I'm like, I'm too fat to be here. Like, how could I be a personal trainer like this? And um, people aren't going to believe me that I'm a holistic health coach or that I'm a personal trainer because the way I look F that F standards, like it doesn't matter. What matters is how health Mm -hmm. and that's that's why I named my business for the health and why I'm so freaking passionate because I do think that also this goes the opposite way because a lot of people can and I did this too when I stopped my fitness journey I went the opposite way and I ate a whole bag of Doritos a night knowing what was in them because like I was like well YOLO yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not good either because then, you know, especially if you have a chronic illness, you're going to start seeing symptoms of your illness come back because we are what we eat, plain and simple. Like that's my number one thing I teach my clients is you, the vitamins you put in your body, the minerals you put in your body, that's, that's how you're going to feel. That's how you're going to have energy. That's how your body's going to be able to heal. So if we just eat pizza every day and McDonald's and whatever, you're going to have a flare. No matter what chronic illness you have, you're going to feel like garbage. But if you work out twice a day and eat 800 calories a day, you're also going to feel like garbage. So finding that line for you, oh my gosh, it's not easy.
0: No, but I mean, I definitely agree with you. Like, finding what healthy means for you and what it means for your body. Like, do do I eat bags of Doritos once in a while? Yeah. But do I also, you know, Monday to Friday live mostly a pretty healthy plant-based diet for myself and, you know, make sure I'm drinking enough water and stuff like that and, and splurge here and there? Absolutely. I don't, I don't withhold myself from anything anymore. But I also know that I want to feel good. And I want to take care of the body that I'm in, especially because I've had a, a health scare with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that I, I go to the extreme one way or the other. Right. It's it's finding that what works for you. And it hasn't been like it when I found that balance,
1: I actually could look in the mirror and say, like, I love this body like I look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I was going nuts at the gym, No matter how much, if I lost or if I gained or whatever, I just hated myself. I hated looking in the mirror. I just, it, it, and it breaks my heart to think back to that time when I started my fitness journey and I was losing that weight and I was doing it in a pretty healthy, healthy manner. I felt confident AF. So I have a little bit of a different story. I was really happy when I was at my lowest, but it's because I was doing it in a healthy way, but the Crohn's just pushed it a little too far. Right. It's when it's when I went on Humira and gained a bunch of weight and then got obsessive that uh, nothing would make me happy. And, yeah, I think I think like the best feeling in the world is being able
0: to look at the mirror and being like, I love you, you yeah. know, and I'm going to treat you with respect and self-love with respect. And, and love for your body, because what you're describing, Natalie, is called body dysmorphia. And it's something that yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with. In any journey that they've taken, um, because we have a very hard time believing our own beauty and Mm -hmm. finding it. And so in our minds, because of society standards, we think that we need to be A, B and C in order to be considered or classified as beautiful or worthy or, you know, acceptable in terms of our bodies. But that's not the truth. It's not.
1: It's not, and it, it honestly breaks my heart watching friends of mine go through the yo-yoing year after year after year, losing 30 pounds, gaining it back, losing it and gaining it back. And I just wish that I could like give some self-love <laughs> and also the feeling I feel being able to just have a balance of eating whatever I want, but also knowing Like I'll still have my protein shake with my whatever in the morning, my flax oil and chia seeds and drink all my water. And, you know, like I don't count macros, but in a sense I do because I, I balance them out throughout the day. Right. In my head. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just wish I could,
0: I just wish I could give every woman in the world (laughs) self-love. I do want to circle back to something that you mentioned earlier, the uh, celebrating weight loss. Because Mm -hmm. this is kind of topical in terms of Adele recently. I don't know if you saw this, but I keep up with pop culture, obviously, because of my job very closely. And this past week, singer Adele um, made a post on Instagram. And, you know, she began her career as a curvy woman, you know. And the picture she posted this past week, uh, she's like half of what she began her career as. And, you know, there was this whole conversation online that I I, I really got me heated because I don't understand why. And I I don't think we'll ever win this battle. I think we're getting we're getting better as a society for realizing that health isn't a specific size or a number. But, um, you know, whether she did it for herself or not, the The comments are always, "Oh, she looks so bad. She looks so much better. She looks great. Wow, Adele, you're so beautiful." She was beautiful before, exactly. You know, it's just like, why? Why do we celebrate weight loss as some sort of like, you know, you, you're now? Oh, look at you're a better person because you're smaller now. You know, it shouldn't be like that. Why aren't we celebrating the same way when someone starts going to the gym? You know what, exactly the work eating that she put healthy. in to get there. Yeah, the discipline she put in to get there. But, but the final product matters more, right? That's that's yeah. that's the standard that we, you know, that we have to achieve, and that's where the unhealthiness starts in in the mental exactly. state, is feeling like you have to reach the specific standard that's set by society. That's not true. Yeah it, it, I
1: was, I didn't, I don't follow it as closely, obviously, but, uh, I saw it. And at first I'm like, well, what's the problem? Like people are just complimenting her. And then I thought to how that made me feel and how that just pushed me to go more and more and further and further. And, and the millions of supplements, I never, I'd never participated in, um, the, you know, the legal side of things, but I did, you know, fat burners and all of that kind of stuff because it's probably the comments. Yeah and if people were just like wow like heck yes good job on all the hard work it's it's a different
0: conversation than wow she looks amazing like she always looked amazing but and you know she's it's, talented it's funny because natalie now i get asked all the time like it's it blows my mind too because i'll always get comments like wow, how how are you so confident? Or wow, I can't believe that you like don't care wearing a crop top being that size. It's like people are so amazed what? at the level of uh, like self-love that I have for myself now that I am the way that I am and I'm the size that I am and I'm comfortable in that size even though it's considered to be uh, a plus size. Um, mm-hmm. And for a long time, I was so uncomfortable with that term. I'm like, I am not plus size. But you know what? <laughs> who cares? I am. And you know what? Everything that is fun in, in the world comes in, in bigger sizes. So <laughs> I will gladly take that. <laughs> so, I love that. But at the same time, it's just people are blowing away at somebody who can love themselves at any size. And I just I wish that more people could find that within themselves because it's so when you do find that there's no there's no way that you could ever go back to thinking it's so liberating yeah a hundred percent yeah and I'm
1: sure a lot of the people or most of the people commenting that wish that they could feel that about themselves
0: right at whatever
1: size they are
0: exactly and I just I encourage everyone to find that self-love in whatever way whether it's 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 the size that you are or the, you know, the, the, your eyes or your, your lips Mm -hmm. or find something about your body that you love instead of focusing all of your energy on the things that you hate because at the end of the day, we all die. That's the true story. And as somebody who had cancer, and, you know, yeah. I didn't get to the point where I was on death's door by any means, but I definitely had a wake-up call as to the value that I put into the world that I'm living in. And why do I want to spend all of my time and energy focused on my body and the way that I look and how other people, how I think other people think about me when I could just live my life being happy and loving who I am, because I know that I bring so much more to the table than what I look like. Exactly, exactly.
1: A tangible tip for some for anyone who's struggling with this, which had helped me so much is start by when you look in the mirror hear, like listen to what you're saying to yourself. Because every time I look in the mirror, I'd be like, oh my gosh, your stomach, you look so bloated, you look pregnant, you look nasty. And that would be my conversation. So I would start switching that. I would hear it and I would switch and be like, I like that shirt. I like that outfit. And then progressively start looking at yourself when you're changing, when you're taking your clothes off, have a mirror in your bedroom and find a way to look at yourself and start admiring different parts of your body. Why is it so hard for us to look in the mirror when we're naked? Yeah. Like men don't have that issue. I mean, okay, no, I'm overgeneralizing. I'm sure a lot of men do, but like, I feel like, I don't know. It's just, we've been shoved this thought of women need to be smaller and smaller and smaller. And maybe men are dealing with the same thing and just need to be bigger and muscular. So I guess I can't really relate to that, but I don't know. Like we just personally looking in the mirror for years and years, I, I, no matter what I looked like, even at my smallest, even at 118, I would comment about how big my stomach was. Mm-hmm. And now at who knows, because I'm, I'm not measuring, I'm not weighing while I'm pregnant because <laughs> that would mess me up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, heck, yeah, you know, and I hope I can stay that way after pregnancy. And of course, I'm going to focus on fitness and health and um, recovering as much as I can from the pregnancy But I, yeah, it's a balance, and and the biggest thing is just staying in
0: touch with your thoughts and your love for yourself. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this on the on this episode because it's been a topic that you and I kind of have talked about numerous occasions when we've gotten together because we both are so passionate about finding that that place that we both have found and and how long it took us to find that and the journey. Even when we met, I I didn't find it yet. I remember thinking like, oh man, I
1: wish I could feel that way. I remember
0: you saying like, you're so beautiful and me being like, "Mm mm-mm. (laughs) No, it's so funny how we can't see that in ourselves. Right. And it's so funny. I saw this meme once that kind of stuck with me about bodies because I'm a cat lover. And it's when you see a fat cat or a chubby cat, you're like, oh, look at how cute it is. It's so cute. Come here, beautiful little soul. Right. But why can't we be that with humans (laughs) you know why can't you see a human that's like rocking a crop top and maybe they got a bit of a belly and I'm talking about myself in the summer okay but and appreciate the fact that you know what that person's happy and they're and they don't care you know yeah it's funny because cats terrify me so (laughs) that's not a terrible example for you Okay, But I get it. But I, I guarantee you've probably seen a, <laughs> a cute chubby dog before yeah. and didn't oh. even care that it was chubby. Exactly. Totally. Anyways. So before we end off
1: this podcast, um, you know how we usually ask people what success means to them when we have an interview. I was thinking I could ask you and vice versa on what does health mean to you?
0: Oh, I like that. For me, health means feeling good about myself mentally and uh, I feel like when my mental health is good that's when I also nourish my body with with goodness as well Um, for me it always starts with my my mental health
1: I love that that's so good
0: what does it mean to you Natalie
1: for me it's kind of like a smorgasbord if that's a word of things but for me health means being balanced so waking up and doing my morning routine And then that leads to me fueling my body healthy. And that leads to then me being healthier with my chronic illness and not having a flare and et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of like a tiered approach. But overall, health means to me, again, the mental health and being in a place where I love myself, I talk positively to myself, and I do the things that I know nourish my body physically
0: and mentally. I love that. I also love everything about this episode. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, go ahead and comment
1: on our Instagram, sickandsuccessful underscore. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It's super easy. It helps us out. And we just want to keep the conversation rolling with you guys. So come over and chat with us.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Join us next week for an all new episode.